The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. G'day, ladies and gentlemen. It's Craig Cobb, host of the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Today's guest, I've got uh, what we probably call a Bitcoin OG. I'm here with David Johnston. He is the managing director at Yelp. Yeoman's Growth Capital or YGC. My apologies if I pronounced that incorrectly. Oh, it's all good. No worries. And a lot of people ask me about their name. It's like, why Yeoman's? Like, your last name is Johnston. Um, And basically, it's a reference to the thesis. So, Yeoman's is a reference to Yeoman's work. Yeah, okay. Like hard work, right, in English. Yep. So, that's basically what we're going for. Well, I get it because I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it intertwined in a couple of different companies from time to time over the last couple of years. But yeah. thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it, and I can't wait to get down and dirty inside of what's going on in your head. Because um, David, you've been around for a long time, an entrepreneur since what 18, 19 years old. As a matter of fact, why don't you take us through a little bit of your history and how you've come to where you are today and what your focus is on? Sure. So yeah, I was a big early internet nerd and, uh, you know, built online publishing companies when that was cutting edge. I'll tell you. Oh yeah. Um, so no, I mean, from that, you know, I built some tech companies and, you know, some went boom, some went bust, but you know, it taught me a lot about how to build startups. And so when Bitcoin came around in 2012, I discovered yeah. it and I was already an economics nerd and I put all of my money into Bitcoin because, you know, why would you want any dollars? You know, dollars have inflation and Bitcoin doesn't have that problem, right? And so that worked out pretty well and allowed me to start building capital and uh, start the first angel group in the Bitcoin space, uh, BitAngels, back in 2013. And uh, that really blew up to like 500 members around the world. Wow. And we would invest in all those early stage Bitcoin companies. Um, and that was, that was a really cool time because people price was going up. People were starting to hear about it. Um, but then after the price correction in end of 13 and into 14, you really had sort of this period where everybody was building, right? Ethereum was building, Factum was building, a lot of the early protocols. And so I just started to start one of the first uh, venture funds in the space and do all tokens. So we raised all the money as crypto, we only invested in tokens and we distributed the tokens to the limited partners as a distribution. So it was like tokens in, tokens out, which is wow. pretty novel for 2014. So, yeah. <laughs> but time. it got us into a lot of those early projects and, you know, yeah. really had a pleasure to, to work with the early Ethereum guys and other protocols. Uh, and so that went well. And then in 2016, things started to pick up. So I started a, a family office just dedicated to investing in blockchain and made about 40 investments across the industry, but half related to security tokens, the other half decentralized infrastructure. Um, but I kind of came to the realization in, in 2018, I hadn't really built like a traditional family office. Like what that means normally is like some wealth manager is like looking after your portfolio, yeah. but instead I had like hired guys out of Facebook and give me the guy that knows enterprise sales and get this other you know, expertise and then deploy them into my startups, right? So I wanted to be really active. Like I'm not really a passive investor. And so we decided to create a formal private equity firm. As far as I know, it's the first all blockchain private equity company in the world 
exclusively focused on deploying this technology into digitizing assets, into mass adoption. And so it's like, hey, let's not just buy some tokens and hope they do well. It's like, hey, let's invest in these projects, but then make them successful, right? So anyway, that's the crazy series of events that led me to founding YGC with my partners. Ah, I just noticed that it's on your jacket. Well done. <laughs> I literally just, it's, it's the biggest letters on the entire page and I just worked that out. <laughs> Mate, what an adventure. I mean, what an absolutely insane adventure. I mean, you're still young, you've been around, you, you've done a lot, you've had some massive successes. Is, I guess my question is, I mean, you were here in 2012. Uh, you've done very well from that, no doubt. You were there back, you know, uh, formally, I suppose, as a group in 2016 and worked on a bunch of protocols and building out that technology. Given where we are today, I mean, you know, if I if I was to discuss as a whole the people that I speak with, I'm very fortunate I get to interview people like yourselves and some of the um, some, some of the very intelligent people in this space that have been there very early. Not many people are too concerned about price at the moment. Look, sure, they're saying, look, if, if we do go down to $1,000 Bitcoin, it's probably going to delay the space by a little while, but it's not going to stop it. As a matter of fact, I had an interview this morning with another gentleman um, who sort of said, you know, look, never has history ever stopped technology. You know, by the time we say, oh, the internet is it good or bad, it's already happened. Um, you know, by the time blockchain is good or bad, it's already happening. So right. we can't stop it. It is coming. There's nothing that's going to hold us back. Where we are right now, obviously, after going through what was a pretty painful year for a lot of people, of course, those lots mm-hmm. of people are people that just purely speculation, uh, the speculation investors that might have bought through the run-up in 2017. Now, I personally got in in July of 2017, but I'm a trader. So I, I, I can go, you know, now there's you know, margin products and derivatives, I can go long or short. I'm, I'm good either way. But a lot of people sort of felt quite hurt because the price went down. Now, it's given a lot of people an education. What are you seeing as, I guess, the positives of where we are right now? Because I think a lot more companies are having to build as opposed to just go, yeah, our prices are going up. No, that's a really good point. You know, it sort of focuses people on what they should have been focused on all along. Hold on. Hmm. Adoption of users, people actually willing to pay for the software. We used to call those customers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that having customers. I know, right? Yeah, customers and revenue. And so I think what it's doing is a lot of the fluff has fallen away. Yeah. And what you see left are the serious projects that are signing up customers and getting more user adoption. And if you look at the industry from that perspective, we're doing pretty well. You know, I look at the number of blockchain wallets, for example, you know, it's doubled in the last 12 months, right? From like 15 million to north of 33 million. Um, You know, I really like what groups like Stellar are doing with the airdrop uh, to 30 million people of their tokens, right? Sort of pushing mass adoption forward. And then we've got all these big projects in the wings, right? You've got Telegram with 200 million users. Yeah. They do their airdrop. It'll quadruple the size of the ecosystem as far as number of users. Um, There's a similar airdrop uh, plan for Signal, which is about 50 million users by the mobile coin team. And now we've got rumors of Facebook Facebook. working on... million, right? Right. You know, that's... (laughs) doesn't get much bigger than that or more mainstream than that. So, you know, and now you've even got banks issuing, you know, stable coins. Yeah. And I mean, this time last year it was a fraud, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. 17. Oh, it's a fraud. 18. I didn't mean to say that. 19. Welcome to my coin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, 
we've come a long way and, and I sort of, you know, if you had told me in 2012 how far we'd have come in 19, it would have been unbelievable. Um, and I, so I think we're on track to get to a billion users, if not by the end of this year, I think certainly by the end of next. And for me, that's what's really driving things is actual usage of the system. And I like to compare it to the dot-com bubble, yep. right? People all paid attention to price. Meanwhile, the number of internet connections just kept on rising, hmm. right? So if you were watching that, you were seeing what was really happening and you kind of filter out all the noise of the prices going up and down. But to your point, you know, our whole goal for the fund is to focus on companies that actually are ready to scale, that have customers, and that can take this technology in not just into currency and payments, but now it's getting into auditing and record keeping and medical records and land records and all these different use cases. So honestly, I think it's a pretty exciting time. If you look at the last correction, that's when all the cool protocols got built. Yeah, when did Ethereum uh, get built, right? Yeah. It wasn't in the boom times of 12 and 13 on the way up. It was after the correction when people were heads down getting things done, right? And it forced the team there to deliver a product, right? They didn't have infinite runway to just, you know, tinker with it for five years. Yeah. You know, they had to get down to, all right, we got to push this out the door. So I think we're going to see the same thing in 2019. And I mean, from the perspective of uh, running a business, okay, so this is where I think, I mean, look, I, I took on two ICO projects in the whole of 2007. Actually, they were, they were in 2018 that I took them on. Now, mm-hmm. not as an advisor, just, just investing. Now, I, I watched the whole ICO boom going nuts and it was going crazy. And I likened that. I mean, I was busy trading because the markets were moving. I, that's, you know, I back myself to do that stuff. I've been doing that for 13 years. That, that's where my bread and butter is, right? It's not in ICOs. For me, that was like, I don't get all this stuff. I'm not a technology guy. I'm a trader. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business person. I need logic to make things work. And in my brain, sure, it's logical to someone like you, but for me, I, I couldn't find logic in it. And I'm like, okay, well, mm. let them do their thing. It doesn't fit the way I operate, and that's fine. I'm doing well enough over in my little world over here. Now, what we saw throughout 2018 was effectively uh, a, a phrase that people really didn't know about prior, and that is good treasury management. Um, CFOs that were CFOs seemed to right. forget about treasury management, and they just thought Ethereum was going to go up forever. Most built their protocol, most built on Ethereum, right, on the ICO platforms. Oh, sorry, on sure. the ICOs. So, you know, a company that was worth, like, here's a good example is NEM, okay? You know, it was 14 billion or whatever it was via market cap, number four in the top 100 at the peak, right? Mm-hmm. And then they went out recently and were trying to raise for 7 million. I mean, come on. What, were, right. what was missed there? And, you know, I don't, like, people can say, oh, yeah, but, but, but. There really is no buts. There's not a single but you can possibly give me. If any of my companies have a, even just a perceived valuation of $17 billion at any time, and then in one year's time, I'm asking you for money, I've messed up big time. So a lot of companies just proven that they just mm. maybe the wrong people, the right time, or, or however it was. When you're sure. looking at an investment, okay, when your fund is looking into an investment, what are some of the key attributes you're looking for? Well, I think you said it correctly. Treasure management is usually a good indicator of how mature the project is. And I did a lot of preaching about this in 2017 because I had seen it in the previous cycle. Yeah, okay. Right? right? People raised uh, a lot of money at the end of 13 
early 14. And Bitcoin went from 1,000 to 800 to 600 to 400 to $200, yep. right? And I had encouraged those groups to hedge and the ones that did all of a sudden had this bigger runway than all their competitors. You know, um, even in the Ethereum case, you know, they raised their $17 million in Bitcoin when it was 600 Right. And so there was a lot of pain there, even mm. when it went to 400 and 200. And because they had a limited runway, it really pushed them to get the network live and push it out there. But it was really tight uh, for a while. But people that weren't close to the project, it all just looked like it was easy. Right. From the outside, it's like, oh, you know, they pushed the button and it went up. And no, there was like two years there <laughs> from right when Vitalik wrote the paper at the end of 13 revealed it in January of 14, you know, they did the token sale and then there was a lot of building before anything happened, right? And you had to have the resources. They had a team of like 40 people, you know, building Ethereum. It wasn't a small effort, right? This yeah. was a huge global effort. And so I coached a lot of projects through that in 2017. Most of them, I hope, listened to my advice, not everybody, but, you know, that's, that's a good example. But it's not just treasury management. At the end of the day, the best thing is revenue. revenue. It is dolution-free financing, right? <laughs> yeah. as, as they say, right? And the end of the day, if you've got customers willing to pay for it, then you don't need investors, Yeah. right? Only does it make sense, okay, we're on this growth trajectory. We've got uh, the customer signing up and we want to grow faster. Then investors want to pour fuel on that fire, yep. right? So a lot, this goes back to investment fundamentals. Like, whether it's software on blockchain or a regular startup, you want a strong team that's built good software that people are willing to pay for. And you've seen that there's real product market fit and then it's ready to scale. And so we try to take those really, really basic concepts and really drive them home. In this industry, we've got a lot of really great technologists, but they need help on the business side if they haven't yeah. built a company before or haven't scaled one. Mate, that's um, it's that's pre pretty much why I left the ICO world alone. Um, just simply because I was like, well, you know, when are you when are you going to get revenue? And like, oh no, 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 let's talk about something else. Let's talk about tokenomics. I'm like, but everyone was focusing on tokenomics. How many tokens were locked up? How many tokens? I was like, but, yeah. but excuse me, like, hi, like, excuse me, but I don't care about your tokenomics. Where, what's the business? What are you doing? Mm. What are you actually goddamn doing? And and I find the best projects are the ones that take a two-pronged approach. They both have a for-profit that is driving customer interactions. It turns out companies can sign contracts with protocols. They need somebody that can, can, can sign on the dotted line. So it actually helps to have you know, a for-profit company that can do that. And by all means, you need the open source so that it's neutral, it's an open system, it's not something that's gonna get bought by one of their competitors, yep. right? There's a lot of value to that, but you need them both, right? So you can think of it this way, build as much decentralized tech as you can to the point where it really isn't, isn't sort of ready yet, and then build a company for those steps, which can't be decentralized. So a lot of that is customer service and handing off REST APIs to uh, companies that don't have to run the node or hold the tokens themselves. You know, I sit on the, the board of Factum and they're probably one of the furthest along in this yep. where, you know, they've got the open source and they've got the tokens and, you know, you use them to publish information to the protocol. Great. Um, but the for-profit then built some really easy to use APIs so that 
nobody has ever has to run a node or touch the tokens. They just sign a contract with the company and the company can do all that for them. Right. So we need to get more protocols to that level of maturity where I don't have to be a tech expert to use the technology. People just want to be able to show up to a website, you know, pull a tiny piece of code or sign up slash a credit card and off to the races. Very similar to the old internet days, remember? I mean, you remember how hard it was getting on the internet? Now, like, you wouldn't think about yeah. it now. It's, it, it's really, really simple. But the edge, sure. I, I think a, another big part, like for, for our perspective, like what Trader Cobb is doing, what our group does, is we're trying to, we're not, as in, we, look, we've still got the market that is here. Okay, we, we have the enthusiasts, we have the people that are already there, we have the 33 million addresses. We know that that's a market, right? right. But the future of this space is not what we have, it's what we haven't. Um, I've been trading and investing and doing everything in the markets for 13 years now. I'm much more used to that audience than I am this audience. Um, what we're trying to achieve is, you know, we're, I'm strong at creating education and platforms that people, that, you know, break complex things down into an easy to understand manner. And the whole purpose of some of the most recent things that we've done is, and they're free, is, is to get people to truly understand. You get that, we've got sort of between 25 and 45 pretty much on lockdown. These are the people that mm. know how to use this properly. They've got apps, they, you know, they get it. Then you've got your 55 and above. And there's not so many of those, but they're the ones that have the money. They're the mm. ones that we need in the space as well because we need to make it right. inclusive of everybody. Now, I speak to my dad and he's like, I've got no idea. That funny internet money thing, I'm like, no. So here's the thing. It's not funny internet money. Your education of the space is that it's funny internet money because you have no education of the space and you bury your head in the sand. I understand why you bury your head in the sand because it's bloody complicated for you. It's complicated enough for me when I got into this bloody thing. How difficult must it be for you? You know, opening your account, sending it from here. Oh my God, how scary is that for most people? So sure. bridging that gap and allowing people to have a true understand, understanding, clarity, structured, performance-based, as in, you know, so uh, process-based, where they follow the bouncing ball. I think that's a big part of it as well. And having educators and, and people out there that are talking about it that aren't sort of doing videos in the shower and swearing and carrying on and being the crypto kids, we, we need to bring that maturity uh, into the space. And um, I think that that is, it's not lacking. It's, it's starting to happen, but I think mm -hmm. it's still too far too reliant right now on an us versus them. Mm. Right. No, and I think the other big piece is the user interface. You know, yeah. if you remember the internet back when you typed in IP addresses yep. Yep. to get somewhere as yep. opposed to, you know, going to google.com, uh, you know, we really need to sort of have that interface moment. And maybe that will be this uh, Facebook release of yeah. a stable coin where everybody's got Messenger, they got a billion and a half users, right? And it'll just show up as, you know, a little dollar symbol and, yep. and there you go. Um, or one of the projects I love really much, uh, a huge amount is, is Cointext, which lets me literally text crypto to somebody's phone number. Wow. And this is the first thing that ever for me, I was literally able to send it to my grandmother. Right. Wow. I, I, I couldn't, you know, get her to download the app or right. understand what addresses she's are. She's already got that, right? She's already got that. There's nothing to sign up for. There's no accounts. You just send it directly to the text message and like magic, there it is. Right. And everybody's got a phone number. You got two point or four point two billion numbers with SMS capable phones, right? You don't even need a smartphone. You know, you no. can sit in there Some in Southeast Asia with Meet your phone. Yeah, yeah, your old Nokia, and it's still going to work, right? I, I try to emphasize this to developers. is like, we don't need new identifiers. We have them. 
they're called phone numbers. Yeah. And we spent decades and billions of dollars to issue them to everybody to secure them. You know, and it's not perfect, but it's a great way to get people into the ecosystem. So they've released yeah. an API, and I'm encouraging other developers like get a hold of that API and make it so simple that people can just receive it on their phone number. I mean, exactly. That's that's the key. I mean, if you look at how Coinbase in the early days drove their user acquisition, you could send Coinbase to anybody's email address, right? And everybody's got an email address, right? And you would get this email that says, oh, your buddy is sending you money. Yep. And he sent it to your, your email address. Go ahead and create an account and claim Man. that money, right? That was genius mm. because it took a lot of the mystery out of it. And you could onboard anybody with an email. And the thing is, as well, coming back to mobile telephones is that, I don't know about you, but emails these days, that gets my attention, right? Now, if, if it rings, if I get a text, I don't answer it or do anything straight away, but I do get back to it because yeah. it is not. I'm selective with who I give that to a lot more than I'm selective with my email. So my emails, there's all the junk mail folders, you go click, 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 delete, delete, delete. With your telephone, you don't, I don't have such a depth of screening. The attention yep. for the mobile, tell the cell phone or whatever you call it, is far greater than that of email. But email was the attention span thing back in the early 2000s, right? You got an email, you're like, wait, I got an email. God damn it, yes, I got something to look at. Um, right now, it's just a pain in the backside. And, you know, one of the things in our business has been about how to get out of email. Because it can yep. really, like, you can't let emails dictate your day. You dictate your day and you get to those damn things. If somebody needs me, they can call me. And if they haven't got my number, they're not important just yet, right? Text, text message open rates are 100%. Yeah. Everybody reads their text message. doesn't mean they respond, yep. but everybody reads the text message, right? And so, yeah, I think that's where this is going to blow up. And we see all these messengers lining up to issue currency, whether it's the telegrams or signals of the world or soon Facebook. So yeah, it's going to be maybe the way a lot of people for the first time get access to this industry. Because we're at probably 60 to 70 million wallets, but having hundreds of millions of average people that are sort of in the early majority, that's, that's going to be a big deal. A big step in the right direction. And who knows, maybe Facebook might even stop being less pricks and uh, you know, let us do some advertising and whatnot on there. <laughs> uh, then Facebook, that's Facebook, Twitter, and um, What's the other one? Link, um, Instagram. Very difficult for uh, for companies to get access to those at the moment. But anyway, look, right now, where we are with everything that's going on with the technology, of, of course, you've made a, a number of investments as you've been talking about. Is there anything in particular that you're sort of focusing or targeting at the moment for the fund? Well, for us, I think one of the big mega trends is security tokens. Yep. So you can think about this as just an extension of the fact that all assets are going to be represented digitally. Right, that should not be a controversial statement at this point. Right, yep. your real estate's going to be represented digitally. Your currencies and commodities are going to be represented digitally. The equity in your company is going to be represented digitally because there's just so many advantages as soon as that happens. Yep. Right, it makes it easier for me to send something to you, like that type of property. You know, I'll give an example. Um, a few months ago. Uh, a startup asked me, hey, we've got this big investor we're trying to get in the round. Would you be willing to sell, you know, like 5% of your shares so they can buy into the company? Like, this is going to be a big deal for us. I was like, yeah, sure. Happy to do it. The investor was happy to do it. The startup was happy for me to do it. It only took us 60 days to 
get the lawyers together to update lawyers. the paperwork. The, somebody was off on vacation. Somebody's got to sign off. Oh, yeah. well, there's this one clause. There's a 30-day waiting period. And two months later, I think the paperwork's done and the, maybe the wire went through like 30 days after that, right? Yeah. So it only took 90 days <laughs> to transfer this asset, right? It should be an afternoon where I click yes. <laughs> the smart contract sees everybody's qualified. Yep. We've met all the criteria. The other guy clicks yes. And the payment is sent via crypto, right? So that's what we can get to. Those are the big pain points. Like people mm. talk about, oh, we're going to put the stock market on. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and slightly faster on a public market will be nice. But the real difference is in like privately owned assets, where today it's like yeah. months of waiting. And they probably paid their lawyers, I don't know, $5,000 in fees, yeah. to update documents and do reviews and yada, 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 right? So if we can take the pain out of that process, that's a huge improvement. Those are ones like 100x improvement over where we are today. The other example I always go to is something like mortgages, right? Yeah, okay. In the US, we had the big financial crisis, yep. right? And the regulators really stomped down on the banks and said, hey, you got to you know, improve your record keeping. And so they went from spending like $2,000 a mortgage to do the origination process to $7,000 a mortgage. That's what they pay per mortgage to do all the record keeping, get all the closing right. There are seven people involved in reviewing the documents before it's official. Yep. They did all that work, right? And then they want to transfer it to another bank. Okay, we're going to sell these mortgage assets. All through again. They, they takes them 45 days. If somebody has to manually review all those files they just created, right? And go through the whole process. In 2019, I'm not kidding you, there's seriously a guy looking at a PDF and a spreadsheet and trying to them. figure out, right, for hours, right? And so being able to put those records instead in a blockchain, where now you don't have to trust my records. Yeah. You don't have to trust, I say, I did things at the right time or the right disclosures. You can just check with software. You can imagine doing that kind of process in a few hours. And yep, oh, I see all my green check marks. I know the blockchain has secured it. Yep, looks good to go to me. Right. And then you can go from 45 days to a fraction of that time. Even if you still got the auditor, now you're instead of paying a grand for the auditor, maybe you're paying a hundred bucks. Right. So those are the big pain points I think we can really dig into. I couldn't agree more. Okay. So that's what you're at at the moment with the security token offering and also making things a bit quicker. The, the, the time it takes to get like lawyers are the most amazing business prevention units on the planet. <laughs> uh, they take forever, they cost a fortune. And um and that's and apparently that's just the way it is, you know. And when you're in startup land, you got you're like, we need this on now. It's like, well, that'll be thirty to forty days. It's like, I, I beg your pardon, like that that's too long. That's how it goes. All right, well, that's not okay. If we, I mean, that's got to be an industry that can be interrupted so severely uh, through smart contracts because you know, they long have they had you know the ability to put their hand out and go, mm-hmm. Uh, long have they had too much power? You know, they're in between the, mm. the vendor and the person buying, you know, like they're, they're right there in the center. So they're, they're sure. basically linking every transaction in the world, right? Mm -hmm. They sure. are so important. Well, what's the old joke? You know, if uh, a lawyer in a small town would starve to death, but two can make a pretty good living. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like, you know, you can't live with them. We can't live without them because everybody else has got a lawyer and you got to protect. Exactly. You know, exactly. Well, look, David, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I, I wish you all the best success going forward. I mean, you know, you've, you've got a pretty good track record, so I'm pretty sure you'll be fine on that front, mate. But um, 
it really has been great talking to you and getting the, the, a bit of perspective from, I suppose, where the old days were, how you've morphed and, and moved into the space and sort of walked around it, and also where we are at the moment as far as the growth uh, within the actual industry itself continuing, even if price isn't at the same sort of time. So a lot of positives from the conversation and a lot of positives to come within this space. So once again, thank you so much for your time. Of course. Great to talk with you, Craig. Take care. Cheers, guys. Have a great day. Bye for now. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast is hosted by Craig Cobb. All Trader Cobb courses, products, and tools can be found at tradercobb.com because experience matters.